Hi, I am Jessica Reynolds, and you're listening to the Creating Queensland podcast. This is where I interview those in and around the property and development sector. In this episode, I interview Marianne Taylor, an architectural historian and founder of The House Detective. We discuss what an architectural historian does, her best historical finds, and her passion for post-war architecture. If you would like to find out more about who I am, you can search Jessica Reynolds, Urban Planner on LinkedIn, or my private town planning consultancy website, upqld.com.au. You'll find a lot of free resources there. Now let's start this interview. Cool. So yeah, oh, thank you so much for um, being part of this as well. It's so cool being able to meet new people anyway, um, while we can't do it face to face. But yeah. <laughs> it's um yeah it's been it's been different and I did another podcast yesterday actually and it was yeah. it was nice to remind myself about why I do what I do and that I enjoy it and everything because you just get caught up with everything else and I got off the phone and I sort of felt really good thinking oh okay yeah I do do some interesting things not just sit at home <laughs> yeah no it's um it's been good for me to just it was hard to get back into the podcasting because it's not face to face anymore. Um, mm-hmm. But then, yeah, most most interviews, you just come away and you're like, "Oh, it was so nice to like learn something else about someone else." And you know, this yeah. is why we do what we do, and it it is fun. Um, okay, and so do I pronounce your name as Mary Ann? It's Mary Ann, as in Ma- John Marianne. Marianne. Okay. Yeah. Marianne. Okay. So today we have Marianne Taylor. She's an architectural historian and founder of The House Detective. Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. I'm very excited to have a chat to you. (laughs) Excellent. That's what I want to hear. Um, So what do you do at The House Detective? I am a freelance architectural historian and basically what that means is I'm a historian who specialises in researching houses and buildings and my main um, work that I do is researching private buildings for people, so houses mainly, um, which is fantastic. So I look at both the history of the building itself, when it was built, who it was built by, how it was built, how it's changed, as well as looking at the stories of the people who have lived there, which is probably my favourite part, telling some, some of the stories. It's about them. Beautiful. So why would somebody actually engage your services? A variety of different reasons. A lot of times it's just pure curiosity, wanting to know about the history of their house. Other times it might be that they've found something weird and they want to try and explain that. Um, One house, for example, I researched, they had a brick structure under the house and they didn't know what it was. So they hired me and I researched the house and we ended up finding out that it was an old well and I found an old plan that had that marked on it. And sometimes it's people wanting to know um, the date of construction for... Mm -hmm. um, you know, like planning requirements, if they're going to be doing work on the building, they need to know if it's pre-1946 or pre-1911. And other times people just want a bit of advice before they do some renovation or restoration work to make sure that they get the details right as well. So that's probably the main reason people hire me. No, definitely from a town planning perspective, I can see uh, why your services would be extremely important. We have uh, a lot of issues when it comes to uh, houses, especially in Brisbane, where Um, council was meant to have identified all the pre-1911 or houses built prior to 1911, um, but they haven't yet. The legislation says that if you have a pre-1911 house, um, you have a whole heap of extra town planning requirements, but ultimately you don't know until you've lodged uh, with council. And then they say to you, oh, oops, you've got a pre-1911. Now the level of assessment's changed. 
So it's, yeah, your services must be in a bit of demand at the moment. Absolutely. And I was, I was just discussing this last night with a client um, about his house and it, it does, it, it's, it's very, the pre-1911 in particular is very tricky area because as you say, there's not been a real um, blanket audit or assessment. It's sort of an ad hoc basis as they're submitted. And, you know, I, I said to him last night that if I research the house, then he can take that in with his development application and say, look, mm. we know it was good here and you don't have to have that delay of council then looking at a house and going, oh, maybe this is pre-1911. So, yeah, it, it's it's certainly opened up a whole different area for me um, in terms of that type of research. And I think having worked in council as well, I've done a, quite a few stints there and it's just been the best experience to see how the processes operate internally and understand that the Brisbane, you know, city plan and, and get a good understanding mm-hmm. of the actual legislation as well has been mm-hmm. good. So I guess I'm lucky that I've got both the history side of things as well as a lot of heritage um, development assessment experience as well. Mm-hmm. Do you, on top of um, dating houses, do you provide any other sort of architectural heritage services? Um, I, planning? I provide general advice and I have provided mm-hmm. planning advice as well um, in terms of um, general. I'm not an architect, so I don't okay. I get over that side of things over if people want designing done or more detailed things. But okay. I can provide general advice about what you could and can't do if you've got a heritage listed property. Um, And I used to work for the state government as well. So I used to assess development applications for state heritage-listed buildings, which is good experience as well. So I've got, I guess, a good understanding of what you can and can't, um, what will and won't get approved, I guess, on heritage places or traditional character places. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what I love about my job. It's such a huge variety of different, you know, jobs and some are massive jobs and some are short hourly research jobs just to find out if a house had a name. And, yeah, it's great. How do you know how long a project is going to take you? Because it seems like it'll be a bit of a, like, up in the air. I don't. And it's really it's really tricky to charge accordingly because of that. Um, some houses you can research and all the information just unfolds beautifully and, you mm-hmm. know, there's only a couple of owners over the course of its lifetime. Sometimes there'll be hundreds of owners and, you know, it's impossible to find any information about them and you'll spend hours and hours searching to not find much at all. So it kind of just evens out, I guess, over all my different jobs. Um, some I'll some will, will take me less time than others and others will take me longer. And the hard thing for me is I love it so much and I get so addicted. I find it really hard to let go of, you know, trying to track down the answer to something. So I have to be mindful of my time as well. Totally. Very much so. <laughs> um, it's, we can still do what we love, but we need to put food on the table. Um, right. <laughs> so how did this all start? So it sounds like you're a historian who specialises in architectural history. How did you fall into this or was this purposeful? Good question. (laughs) It was a long and winding road, actually. I actually am a scientist originally um, because I wanted to do forensic science. So that was, I guess, where that came from. And I never, that didn't sort of eventuate, but it's the same detective side of this research that I love that appealed to me about forensic science. So I um, went back and studied while I was working in the science area Mm -hmm. and studied a fair a degree that covered sort of um history and heritage management and architectural history and mm-hmm. archaeology and all different areas and then I worked in that 
industry for quite a few years, worked for Queensland Rail managing their heritage properties and then decided that I just wanted to do work for myself. And the thing I loved the most was the historical research, the detective work and telling the stories of people and houses. So I decided just to focus on that. Yeah, that's awesome. That makes it sound so easy and so quick. Yeah, it does. Thankful process to get there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I could imagine yeah so that was obviously the, the short um the short story yeah, yeah the short and sweet version okay so are you has your interest been more in the the building itself or is it about the people and the stories what draws you more to a, a house it, it's a little bit of both uh, there's just looking at a house can tell me so much um And I love sort of, I guess, the bigger picture that houses can tell you about Brisbane and Queensland's architecture and urban Mm -hmm. planning, how estates were laid out, how streets were laid out. So I like that I learn all about that when I'm researching a house. But to me, it's probably the personal stories that Mm -hmm. I enjoy the most uncovering. Particularly, you know, you just come across some incredible women that in particular that wouldn't you know, their stories wouldn't otherwise come to light because they weren't famous politicians and, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you get these snippets in the newspaper of their lives and it's quite incredible. And and you get snip- an insight into just totally different ways of life as well. You know, people used to announce in the paper when they would be home for visitors or when they would not be home and you just think, imagine doing that on Facebook today, telling everyone <laughs> they wouldn't be home for a week, you know. It's just a totally different era and different social customs and yeah it's it's quite there's so many aspects of what I do that I love yeah do you think there's anything you can take from you know those changes to what is happening now um because you're saying like there's been all these social changes from how it all used to be and then now all of a sudden it's like don't go near people um (laughs) don't go to the office you know is that do you think that's going to have an impact on urban planning and how we do things just from what you've seen in history? I, I think it will. And the one thing I've really noticed that I think could impact on urban planning the most is probably the lack of traffic when we all work at home. I yeah. think that that legitimately that's something government should be looking at is trying to set people up to work from home and putting infrastructure in place, childcare in place for that type of thing so that we can reduce the traffic and not have to build as many roads or keep widening roads. So that's one thing that really occurred to me that is so different compared to history, I guess. Um, but, yeah, the, the I guess from in terms of my research as well, I'm very lucky that I can still do most of my research from the, you know, from my from my home online, um, and I'm often really grateful that I'm a historian now and not ten years ago, even where you had to do everything <laughs> manually. And don't get me wrong, I still spend a lot of time in dusty archives going through things, but I'm very lucky, you know, that so much is digitized, and even you, you can even, you know, have a look at gravestones over in the UK in a cemetery and read what's on them. You know, there's sites yeah. with pictures gravestones it's just it's brought the whole world so much closer together with all this technology no that's beautiful that's so good and I'm glad to hear that you can still um do your work despite I've heard that you know a lot of the archive areas and that have closed at councils because you can't touch anything or be near people (laughs) that's right and one of the um the big things I've noticed too is I a lot of the local history groups have some fantastic collections that aren't always but of course their volunteers are often elderly so they were they were all very quick to close down um so Mm -hmm. that's one resource I can't access 
that's mm. very valuable. But there's so much online. It's it's just wonderful. And there's been some great um, great um, offers as well. So Ancestry is one of the big sites that I normally use for my mm-hmm. family history research, which you have to pay for. Uh, but you can actually access it for free now through State Library of Queensland or Brisbane City Council as part of the quarantine thing. They're offering it really oh. Normally, you have to be in the libraries to use it, so that's a real. Point. So know, the government co- covering the cost. Effectively, they're expanding their library license, so you can use it from home, which I think is fantastic. So, um, yeah, that's something <laughs> I, I take no responsibility for anyone who goes down that rabbit hole of starting to research. So goodbye. <laughs> we'll see you in I'll three see months. You in no I've heard it can be quite addictive and I didn't know about that so thanks for sharing um so I'd like to see if you have any cool stories um from your research anything any happy finds any gruesome finds weird finds um I know you were talking about the well under the house but what's been the most shocking or best find so I guess it's a combination of physical finds like that Mm -hmm. um which is great. I like uncovering those. Who doesn't like, you know, finding some mystery or some sealed up fireplace or something? Um, Yeah, the stories, um, there's a couple of stories that probably stick with me and Mm -hmm. one of them was uh, I was researching a house and a relative of the person that still owned or owned it until recently, he um, had actually gone to prison for murdering his wife. So this was only sort of one generation removed from the person that hired me, which was pretty confronting when you were reading the, the newspaper stories and they loved their detail back then. So mm-hmm. that's probably been the most gruesome um, story that's come out of my research. Then there's some just some great characters where you just wish you could have met these people. There was this one lady who... Um, she was married and he turned out to be a bit of a loser so she basically moved back home and forgot about him and then found herself um, pregnant to someone else and married him and then got charged with bigamy. So, you know, it's just <laughs> all these crazy stories and I seriously, the truth is so much stranger than fiction sometimes. Yeah. And I wish I could write fiction because there's so much fodder in my research to have some write some great novels. Yeah. Do you think you'll be writing any books or...? Any of uh, that in the future? I, I would love to, but I do not think my writing skills are up to that. I'm very much a scientific report writer, so I'll have to work on that. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, so I'm not sure if it was sort of rumour, but my understanding is you have a bit of a passion for post-war housing. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a passion slash obsession. <laughs> Okay, um, so it wasn't far off. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. And it, I've always been interested, I guess, in post-war houses. So by mm-hmm. post-war, it's a generic term, I guess, for 1940s to 1980s, I would say. Okay. Um, yeah. It's a broad area and very little real study has been done on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so back in 2016, I did a project called Brisbane Retro, which... Um, involved finding examples of houses that were basically in an original condition that had been built during okay. that period. Yeah. So I wanted to uh, take photos of them, record them and research their history so that we had we sort of captured some of this evidence of what these places looked like when they were built so that, you know, they're all getting modernised now or demolished yeah. and 
that really um, sucked me into that that sort of world, I guess. And there's just such a variety of different houses being built and so many innovative techniques were being trialled after the Second World War when there was the real housing shortage. And one of my special um, obsessions is Anala. And from yep. a town planning point of view, it is... I wish I could heritage list the whole suburb because it is such a, it's such a um, microcosm of what was happening in town planning and building construction at, yeah. at that time after the Second World War. And you've got pockets that were built by different construction companies, so all the houses are of a particular type. And then across the road, you've got completely different housing construction. And one of the particular houses out there that's quite unique is um the poured concrete houses so they literally put up the formwork and poured concrete in to make the walls and they were building you know they were pouring a house a day or something like that it was such a quick method and it's just I just find that so interesting to look at the different technology that was being used Mm -hmm. and the different um building styles and a lot of the houses are still there as well so yes i definitely am very interested in that era and of course you've got your beautiful mid-century modern style homes as well which are making a real comeback at Mm -hmm. the moment and people like tim ross have have done so much to promote those um in australia and and they're they're really livable houses they're very modern and light and airy and spacious and yeah i'm glad to see them getting a little more appreciation i guess yeah, no, that's cool. So obviously um, under the current legislation, a lot of these post-war homes aren't protected. Um, and as you're saying, it was a lot of um, technology being trialled and potentially maybe those houses aren't um, what is desirable now for family homes. Do you have a desire to see those um, protected more or just more appreciated? Do you, do you have a goal? Yeah, I, I'm... I think that we need to choose some representative examples and heritage list them. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I joke about heritage listing all of Anala, but it's just not practical. You know, people need to be able to live in these houses. You don't want them turned into museums that are completely impractical. Um, so I think if we could choose a few good examples that are in near original condition, I'd love to see those listed. Um, and look, to, to Brisbane City Council's credit, they have been listing quite a few post-war homes recently. Um, okay. There's a, there's a gorgeous one at Tarragini, which used to be a Marta Prize home that they mm-hmm. have their heritage overlay so I've been I guess kind of impressed with their approach to that because it is hard to convince people that these houses are heritage you tend to think of pretty old Queenslanders when you think of um, heritage Mm -hmm. homes and I I know how my mum feels about 60s orange brick places like she thinks they're hideous and that's understandable that's how I feel about 90s architecture so (laughs) I can appreciate it in its architectural its place in architectural history Um, but I wouldn't want to live in one but it yeah it's it's interesting people's different perspectives on what heritage actually is as well like you 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 hear a lot oh that's not old enough to heritage list but really age is absolutely nothing to do with heritage listing criteria yeah well anything built yesterday technically could have a heritage status because heritage just really is past isn't it not that i'm a dictionary (laughs) (laughs) absolutely and it's, it's to me heritage is any building that helps to tell our story of us as a either a town or a state or a country so yes you're right anything something built yesterday could definitely be heritage listed yeah no that's super cool well it's been so lovely talking to you how do people contact you if they'd like to uh i 
I a media tart across all the social media platforms. So you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. I also have a website, housedetective.com.au. My email is info at housedetective.com.au. There's heaps of information about what I do. If you are interested, there's heaps of case studies up on my website. If you want to go down that rabbit hole and you're really bored at home at the moment, you're welcome to (laughs) read some of those. Um, But, yeah, please get in touch if you're interested. Cool. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you would like to see this product in action, please head over to the Urban Planners Queensland YouTube channel. Links are in the episode notes or you can find the recordings by visiting upqld.com.au. That is upqld.com.au.